Ask Allah that He accept our coming here and this time we're spending between Maghrib, Asar and Maghrib in the Masjid. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it very weighty in our scales. And may Allah Azza wa accept this nafil artikaf that we're doing between these two salah. There's so many rewards from praying salah with jama'ah in Ramadan to waiting for the next salah, to be in the state of artikaf, to be attending a gathering of knowledge, participating in dhikr, breaking our fast together collectively. SubhanAllah. So many blessings this little time that we are giving. 40 minutes, half, 30 minutes, not even 30 minutes that we have now between Asr and Maghrib. It's a blessing that we have this opportunity and we should appreciate it and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you and I istiqamah to be participating in it on a regular basis. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. So yesterday we talked about um, excellence of worship and uh, different statements of the various uh, ulama on this topic. Now today, inshallah, we'll go, next topic is called sorrow and weeping. Hassan radiallahu anhu narrated Hassan rahimullah narrated that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said The world is a prison for a believer and a garden of the unbeliever you, you and I have heard this tens of times, this hadith But it's so important for us to listen to it And who, who amongst us doesn't have problems? Who amongst us doesn't have issues? Everyone's going through issues This is the hadith we should remember Hey, this is, this is not to be uh, confused as a uh, paradise Dunya is a place of problems And uh, and, and so when we, we will try to Navigate through those problems But there's no such thing as a perfect world There's always The perfect world It's called uh, Jannah uh, a, 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 a ble- Free of blemishes Free of problems Free of difficulties Free of up, uh, uphill battles All Jannah But as long as we're here There's constantly struggles Constantly issues That we're going to be dealing with and the disbeliever, he may not, he says Jannah, meaning this is the best it's going to get. Even if he has a life filled with difficulties, it's not going to get better than this. Because what awaits a disbeliever who dies on kufr in the hereafter is, is hellfire. So no matter how challenging this world is, it's still going to be, it's a walk in the park. It's a paradise compared to what awaits them in terms of difficulty and, 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 and sorrow. May Allah protect us from that ending. So... That's one meaning of Sijl Mu'min Second thing is that Just like a prisoner Does not choose what he wears What he eats And when he sleeps Etc Similarly as believers We have to follow The sunnah of Rasulullah Right We cannot do whatever we want if, if the ummah today If the youth and the adults Were to understand that Then our problems will be solved The big issue Why today people are being misled Is they're always constantly Constantly comparing themselves To non-Muslims they have this allowed, why can't we do this? They have this, why can't we do this? You know, they are accommodating this type of thing. They are accommodating that type of person. Why can't we start loosening the straps? Why can't we start watering down our deen? So the answer is, by, we can't do whatever we want. We're prisoners. You're looking at people from inside the prison, outside. And you say, oh, he goes, he's stopping at a burger place eating there. Now he's going having drinks from there. And now he's going to the park. How come I can't do that? Because you're a prisoner. You can't do that. He's outside the prison. That's it. You have to tell yourself and your children, we are in a prison. Islam is restri- it has restrictions, yes. Because it has restrictions for 30 years, 50 years, 60, 70 years. And then you have an enjoyment of life forever. Look at these uh, uh, retainers, huh? braces. All this type of painful things people wear nowadays to keep their teeth straight. People willing to pay thousands of dollars for that. 
and makes their life very difficult, very challenging to chew anything, eat anything. But they willingly do it and they willingly pay for it. Because they say a few months, six months of pain, but then I'll have straight teeth. So for, 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 for straight teeth a person, or for cosmetics, people do so many things. What about akhirah? To have an enjoyable life in akhirah if you cannot eat certain things, or you need to be back home by a certain time, or you cannot hang out with certain people. What? That's not the end of the world. This is a price well worth to pay for. So this hadith, as basic as it is, is so important for us to understand and allow our students and children to understand as well. That let us not look at what others have and say, you know what, how come we don't have this? Because no, you're not going to have that. Stop saying that. Nabi Wasallam was in his home. He was angry at his spouses for some of the back and forth that they did with him. And he, sent, you know, he, he, went, he separated himself from his wives. Umar, you know, the story is well known. Umar when he heard about it, he got very worried about what's going to happen to Hafsa if she's divorced and game over. You know, subhanAllah, he's no longer, uh, his daughter's no longer a wife I'm no, uh, of Rasulullah This is going to be horrible. So he went and knocked. The, the servant said, Umar you're not allowed to come. And Rasulullah I told him you're here, but he didn't give permission. So he went back to the masjid, he's crying. All, all the sahaba around the member, they're all, all crying. And he's sitting there crying, you know, overwhelmed, but then he just couldn't take it. He stood up and went back again. He said, please, go tell him, Umar is here. And he said, okay. Went second time, came back, he said, I told him, he did not give you permission. He, did, he kept quiet. Went back to the masjid, Everyone's crying. He sits there in that situation. He couldn't handle himself. He stood up again, third time. And the servant, he asked him, to go ask him. He came back, he said, he kept quiet. Umar radiallahu anhu was overwhelmed. He was walking away. Then the servant comes back and he says, you know what, come back. He just gave you permission to enter. So Nabi Umar radiallahu went into the house. And um, first thing, Ya Rasulullah, did you divorce your wives? I need to know that. Because that is something that's on top of my mine right now he said no right it was just back and forth that's happening so I wanted to stay my so he could he, 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 he you know he was, there was a sigh of relief Alhamdulillah has not divorced his wives then he started having some small talk and then he asked him can I stay here if you don't mind um, uh, he took permission and he said certain things which made Rasulullah some smile uh, so hey you know someone was just telling me there's a lot of stress at work this is Rasulullah having stress at home the Prophet of Allah, Allahu Akbar, the Prophet of Allah stressed out at the way things are going on with the wives at home. If he can get stressed out, where is any other married man going to say? You know, that's it. It's, it's reality. We have, to, we have to put ourselves, we, who do we think we are? We're not Jibreel, we're not Mikail. We are simple, small, teeny, tiny, insignificant, sinful servants of Allah. So we should not expect to have an easy life. There will be challenges at home. There will be challenges at work. There will be challenges in the masjid. There will be challenges wherever. We have to have this strong faith in Allah and be able to overcome that. And so Umar radiallahu anhu, this is an interesting hadith. Umar radiallahu anhu began to speak. You know? So I was, I was mentioning this in class. I said, men, women need a place to vent and men need a place to vent. But you know, your venting place has to be a proper place. You need to vent with, to people who can actually help save your marriage. Not vent to people who say, you know what, you're supposed to divorce her tomorrow, let me, let's do it tonight. Or you're supposed to ask for a khula tomorrow, let's do it today. And you know what, don't even spend the night there, come over, I have an extra room in my basement. That's what happens today. The type of people our spouses are surrounded with, and the type of people we're surrounded with, they say, don't wait till divorce tomorrow, do it today. They are a'wan al-shayateen. These are the, those, these are the assistant, you know, the, the assistants of shaitan. They're the legs, the hands and feet of shaitan. 
these friends who come and who try to say, who try to act as though they have more love for you than your spouse has had for 20 years, than your mom and dad have had for 20 years, 50 years. So, iyaka wa iyaka, thumma iyaka. Stay away from these type of people. Don't make sure you're not surrounded by such people. Make sure your wife is not surrounded by such people. Make sure your husband is not surrounded by people who try to break the marriage. Instead, you need to be around such people who will say, who patch things up and say, you know what, you can say whatever you want. Don't vent to her, vent to me. Similarly, you need such a sister or wives need such women who say, don't vent to your husband, vent to me. I will listen. And that's what used to happen in the good old days. The mothers, they used to listen to the daughters vent. And then they would calm them and they would pat them on their back and give them some encouragement. And then they would say, you know what, keep, we'll make a dua for you, continue. But subhanAllah, not only are those, the mothers have changed, mothers have changed as well now. As soon as they hear something, they say, okay, you know what, they're sending a limousine over right now. You know, stretch limo, you can put everything in there. And if you need some help, we'll hire some guys to come take stuff out of the house as well for you. This is, so we are with our own hands and feet. I remember one father, he was speaking to me about his daughter. I said, listen, you know, with your own hands, you are destroying your daughter's marriage in her house. And he's like, no, I'm not. I said, no. I said, when the shaitan will go away from your mind, you will know what I said was right. You will know. If that is meant to happen in this dunya, a day will come, you will feel so guilty what you've done. Because you're so intoxicated yourself in just standing up for whatever is one side of the story. And subhanAllah, there's no, there's no abuse here. There's no, there's no physical, there's nothing here. It's just useless stuff. The nafs is here. You can't listen to every single thing a child says. You can't listen to every single thing one person says. You have to listen with, a, with, a, with, with calmness, both sides of the story. And then you have to understand that emotions are running high, but you cannot let your emotions run high, man. Come on. That's why you're a father. You're supposed to be a, a thick-skinned father to be able to handle your daughter. And you're supposed to be a thick-skinned mother to be able to handle your daughter. But that's not happening anymore. That's why you have houses breaking left and right, left and right. Because there's no one there giving genuine good advice to people who are going through problems. Everyone you speak to, they'll just say, money to be made here. The lawyers want money to be made here. The therapists have money to be made here. Khalas, this is the horrible type of advice that everyone's giving. So going back to the story, Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, let me do chit-chat a little bit with Rasulullah He seems very stressed. So he started saying, you know what, I, 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 I um, came home one day and I found my wife going back and forth with me. And my wife's not like that, to go back and forth with me. This is who speaking? Umar radiallahu anhu. So I said, where, where do you get this from? So then we realized that, you know, we Qurayshi, we Qurayshi people, we, our women don't speak to us like this. But the Ansar are different. So the Ansar people, they're softer people and they're women, you know, they can get away with certain type of things. So I realized that my wife is spending too much time here, you know, with the Ansari women picking up things from here. So I said something, she said, what are you talking about? The wives of the Prophet speak to him like this as well. They go back and forth. So he says, what? The, okay, I don't care about the wives. My daughter is one of the wives. What about Hafsa? What about her? So he went immediately go running after his daughter. Hafsa, tell me, what happens? You know, and do you, do you, um, do you speak to the Prophet Do you go back and forth? And he says, well, yeah, everyone does. And he got really upset at her. And he says, listen, stop falling into... Uh, you know, Umar al-Lan is sharing this whole story with the Prophet about what happened before. He said, I told her, listen, you should not fall into the deception of Aisha al-Lana. She is very beautiful and she is very beloved to the Prophet You're not her. So stop thinking you can get away with what she can get away with. Because you might just overstep the boundaries and one day it'll be game over. 
So he got really upset at Hafsa al-Lan, and Rasulullah is actually smiling as Omar al is speaking about all these things. Because, you know, he's, he's giving, he's, he's, he's in the way I've understood this hadith is Omar radiallahu anhu is basically uh, Rasulullah is not going to vent. So Omar radiallahu anhu is, is taking the stress off of Rasulullah's chest about giving an explanation. Hey, you know, you're not the only one who's going through this. I found it very awkward that my wife also has changed now by spending time over here. And so, and I'm very upset. I was very upset at my daughter as well because uh, that she's speaking to you like this. She should not speak to you like this, and she should not be, uh, you know, taken back. She should not go go with Aisha radiallahu method of speaking to you, etc. And to think that she can get away with that type of things. Rasulullah relaxed a little bit, smiled, and then Umar radiallahu anhu looked around. Okay, he calmed him down a little bit. Umar radiallahu looked around. He sees there's three. Uh, leather, uh, you know, there's three sheepskins that are not even, that are not even, um, what do you call this? Tanned, untanned, rough, right? Uh, don't have that purity in there. I mean, that cleanliness, that, that the pure, nice smell, that the beautiful feeling of softness. Nothing, it's just rough, untanned sheepskins lying there. Nothing else. And the Prophet was lying down, he had gotten up, and he saw that the Prophet Prophet's back had. The, 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 the signs and the, uh, of the straw mat and you could see that it left behind uh, some marks on his back so when Umar saw this this is why I went to this whole long story because of this part right here Umar said to Rasulullah Ya Rasulullah what is this? can you not ask Allah to open up the doors of blessing? because uh, the, the Qaisar and the Kisra the, the, the Romans and the Persians they're enjoying life to the full and you are the Nabi of Allah and look at what type of difficulty you're going through can you not ask Allah Azza wa Jal Nabi Wasallam's mind completely switched and he was angry at his wives and this and that immediately he realized that oh oh this is a problem why are you even saying this not to say you know it's okay yeah, I'll make dua or not dua you're such a great friend you came to help me uh, and you, you're worried about my, my anger no what's wrong is wrong he smelt it. Rasulullah could sense it. Why are you saying this? Why this type of even teeny tiny tiny level of weakness? Why getting impressed with anyone? And he said, along the lines, Awafi shakkin anta ibn al-Khattab. Oh, son of Khattab, are you still in doubt? Why are you saying this? Are you still in doubt? Yani, are you still in doubt about what we're on? If we're on the truth, what difference does it make? The example you could say is, if you are going on a, uh, on a plane, back home from a th- three week hardcore business trip very tiring you're so you're just really looking forward to come back home last minute you're able to get on a spirit flight and you're coming and then you see this huge Airbus 350 right and you see these seats and you're like man I wish I go sit in there that's going to Singapore who would do that? why would you want to go to Singapore right now? you want to come back home to your wife and your kids I don't care if it's spirit or what. You got a flight, alhamdulillah, you're coming back. You don't look at a beautiful seat of another airplane that's going somewhere else. Say you're stuck in a snowstorm in an airport. Happens to many travelers. And the first flight out, you're not going to do nakhre. You're not going to say, no, I need to have this seat and that seat. You say, bye, give me any seat. I'm going to sit on a, a flight attendant seat also. Get me back home. I'm sick of staying in the airport for the past three, four days. You're not going to look at a very nice, luxurious plane that's going in the opposite direction from your home. Why would you do that? The kuffar are going in a whole different opposite direction towards hellfire. Who cares what type of seat they have? You are going to paradise, inshallah. So that's what you got to look at. As long as you're on the right plane, it doesn't make a difference what the seat is. You're going to get home. Irji'i ila rabbik. Come back 
Come back home. Come back to your Lord. Pleased and in a state that Allah is pleased with you. Enter amongst my servants into paradise. And enter my paradise. Notice what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Come back home. Because we're all excited to come back. It's exciting to leave the home sometimes. But you know, at the end of vacation and then the business trip, we always abide. I want to go home. So Allah Azza wa Jalla uses the word ruju'. Come back. Come back to your Lord. Your, this dunya here was tough for you. But now you're going to be actually returning back. So Rasulullah immediately corrected that. And he said, Are you in doubt? Why are you saying things like this? We, dunya is for them, akhirah is for us. We don't need this. So this is, Nabi, when you think about you're having a difficult, or today people randomly in da'wats and other places, they say, brother, the shame, Muslims are suffering. We need to have more, we need to have more education of, of more physicians, more lawyers, more doctors, more engineers. Then we will become successful. This is pretty much every da'wat, everyone's speaking about this. Let's be honest, right? All the gatherings. And what they don't, what they fear, what they don't understand is, dunya is subhanAllah is never meant to be for us. It's meant to be for, you know, if, it's, if, it's, if it comes our way, it's only so that we can earn our akhirah. If it comes our way, it's only so that we can, we can build our akhirah. And that's what, it, that's what the whole sijnu mu'min means. It's tough for a believer. That's why Nabi Wasallam, who is the closest to Allah, but yet he had such a difficult life. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you, mashallah, dunya comes to your feet, then make shukr. Make tons and tons and tons of shukr. And say, Allah, do not allow this to become a means of my... Uh, difficulty in the akhirah and spend that well spend that use the home use the car for the khidmat of deen right? that's the main thing you have a spacious home use it to host people guests programs you have a good car use it to take people to the masjid take people to help them you have extra you know wealth give it in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is what, this is what Allah Azza wa has given us the asbab for so this type of mentality, if parents say to their kids like this, imagine what's going to happen in the next two generations, next generation. If we're constantly be saying, the reason Muslims are, are, are failing is because we do not have enough people who are educated in college. And that is absolutely false. We have the Muslims in this country are very educated, and we have over 55 Muslim countries, and we have billions in GDP. We never had this before. We have nuclear arms, and yet we've never been as weak and, 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 and spineless as we are now. And that's what Rasulullah prophesied. He said, وَلَكِنَّكُمْ غُثَاءٌ كَغُثَاءِ السَّيْلِ وَلَكِنَّكُمْ غُثَاءٌ كَغُثَاءِ السَّيْلِ You will be so many that you will be وَلَكِنَّمْ كَثِيرٌ You will be so many, unbelievable, compared to the Sahaba. But you will be as useless as the, uh, the, uh, the garbage that floats on top of the currents of the river. You'll have nothing. And what will happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take away your fear from the hearts of your enemy and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place wahan in your heart. And they say, what's wahan? So wahan means hubbud dunya, love of this worldly life, wakarahiyatul mawt, and being afraid of death. Love of the dunya, that's it. That's what he said is gonna be the, the reason of your downfall, even though you will have so much but you'll be spineless, useless. No one will care about you. Your spill, your bleed, spilling of your blood, like I will say, is more, is less, is, is less painful than spilling of the blood of, of, of animals. They'll say, who cares? A hundred Muslims gone? Who cares? A hundred migrants died in a, in a ship? Who cares? Look at this 50,000 plus that have become shaheed in Turkey. Oh, it's, it's so shocking how that doesn't even stay at that time that it wasn't the main thing. You'll have some random mass shooter, two people died, it'll be the front page but 50,000 people dead by yeah, Muslims, who cares? That's just the reality of what it is. So more dunya is not going to make us more respected. It's going to rather 
the key thing is love of dunya has to come out. Subhanallah. So this is this hadith: Dunya sil mu'min wa the kafir. Salim ibn al-Jad narrated: Isa ibn Maryam radiyallahu anhu, rahimullah radiyallahu anhu, alayhi salam said: "Tuba liman khazal nisanahu wa wasi'ahu baytuhu wa baka ala khatiyatihi." Blessed is the one who guards his tongue, whose house is enough for him, and who weeps over his mistakes. Blessed is he who guards his tongue, whose house is enough for him, and who weeps over his mistakes. Three things: just don't speak ill. Uh, you know, try to keep your keep your tongue away from backbiting. Number one. Number two is having a spacious house enough for you to be able to do your ibadah, take care of your kids, take care of your family. So being having a spacious house is a blessing, definitely. Doesn't have to be you know mansion, but spacious enough for you to be able to do your work, right? And number three, and a person who is weeping over his mistakes. Mistakes we will always do. We're all sinful. Key thing is how remorseful are you and I over our mistakes. We just have to have genuine remorse about it. Okay. Then Mubarak ibn, ibn Fudala narrated that Hassan recited the verse. This is from Surah Al-Qamar. Ta'ajabuna, what's this? It's the last ayat of Surah, of surah Al-Najm. وَتَضْحَكُونَ وَلَا تَبْكُونَ وَأَنْتُمْ سَامِدُونَ You laugh and you do not cry. So are you amazed at this Qur'an? you laughing and don't cry? So Mubarak bin Fudala narrates, Sir Hassan rahimahullah narrated this and said, وَاللَّهِ إِنْ كَانَ أَكْيَسَ الْقُومِ فِي هَذَا الْأَمْرِ لَمَنْ بَكَاهِ By Allah, the most intelligent person regarding this matter is the one who weeps. If you weep, or rather if you're intelligent, you should be weeping. So make the hearts weep and make these actions weep. A man's eyes may weep while his heart is hard. Meaning sometimes weeping is not, a direct, is not a proper representation of the condition of the heart. A person may be weeping due to environment. A person may be weeping out of show. A person may be weeping for some other reason. And the heart is hard. Key thing is, what did he, the first thing was, Make these hearts weep. Student asked me today, what should I do? I feel so bad that I can't cry. And dua. That's not in the hands of everyone to be able to cry and shed tears. But you have to make the heart cry. You have to make the heart cry. Focus on that. If you're able to shed some tears, alhamdulillah. But make sure the heart is the one that is crying. Salma ibn Wahrama narrated, the Shu'aib, Al-Jubba'i said, إِذَا كَمُولَ فُجُورُ الْإِنسَانِ مَلَكَ عَيْنِهِ فَمَنْ شَاءَ يَبْكِي بَكَا When a person is utterly immoral, he can control his eyes and weep whenever he wishes to weep. SubhanAllah. The deep stuff. When a person is utterly immoral, when you become بِحَيَا Then what happens? You can control your eyes. And you can basically have, make crocodile tears. And so it's, it's, you'll find the right occasion. You need to shed tears. You need to do it in salah. You need to do it in front of the crowd. If you need to show your, you know, crocodile tears. How do criminals do it? That's what they do. They know how to cry. They know how to weep. They know how to control the courtroom, you know. Get, get, the, uh, get the empathy of the um, court by, by acting like they're, 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 guilt, they're, they're, they're innocent and crying. So that's, that's, not, that's not good. Main thing is, you know, how, what is the condition of the heart? 
Iljlisu ila tawabin. Sit with those who repent. فَإِنَّهُمْ أَرَقُّوا شَيْئًا أَفْئِدَةً Because they have the softest hearts. You sit with someone who's done a lot of sin and now comes to the masjid and he's trying to change his life. He you know, comes in Ramadan, he's trying to change his life. Some of the best people. Because they've really been there, done that, they've sinned so much, they regarded themselves to be super insignificant. They say, every person here is way better than I. I know who I am. You don't know who I am. No, I know. No, no, you don't know who I am. I'm the worst. So that shadeed amount of tawadur, that immense amount of humility in front of Allah, and then the immense amount of, 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 of desire of gaining Allah's forgiveness, those are the people we should spend time with. When you see people who are, who are going through the initial change, right? initial first three days, phase when they change, subhanAllah, they're, they're, they're just so sincere. And you can see like a new Muslim, right? same thing. He's doing tawbah, he's repenting. And that's why when you sit with them, you feel you know, motivated. Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, end with one statement of Isa alayhi salam. Balagani anna Isa al-Mariam sallallahu alayhi salam qala li qawmihi la tukthiru al-kalama bi ghayri dhikrillahi ta'ala fataqsu qulubukum. Malik ibn Anas says, I heard that Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salam said to his people, do not speak much without mentioning Allah Almighty. Every time we speak, make sure Allah's name is in there. Somehow or another. Some tasbih, some mention of Allah, some dhikr. Do not speak much without mentioning Almighty Allah. Or else what will happen? You will, you will harden your hearts. The, if we talk a lot at work, at home, etc. Some people have a habit, right? Always they have to be the center of attention, cracking jokes. All the time have a smart comment for everything. But there's no dhikr of Allah in there. There's no remembrance of Allah there. This leads to a hard heart. And then what happens to a hard heart? For indeed a hard heart is far away from Allah. وَلَكِنْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ But you are ignorant of this. You don't realize that continuously talking without mentioning Allah's name hardens the heart and the hardened heart is away from Allah. وَلَا تَنْظُرُوا فِي ذُنُوبِ النَّاسِ كَأَنَّكُمْ أَرْبَابِ Do not look at the sins of people as if you were their lords. You're not God. Let's not look at the sins of the people as though you are lords. وَانْظُرُوا فِيهَا كَأَنَّكُمْ عَبِيدِ but rather look at the sins of servants as though you ourselves are slaves. What does that mean? Meaning, today he's a fellow slave, he sinned. Well, I hope I don't fall into the same trap. I hope I don't disobey Allah like this. May Allah guide him, may Allah save me, like that. When you're looking at people's sins, you're worried about your own self. And you, of course you're worried about them, but you are not passing judgments about anyone. Because you don't know how things will turn in your own life and turn in their life because it is very possible that they repent before they pass away and we go off track before we pass away. And then he said, What a beautiful, beautiful statement here. Listen attentively brothers. People are of two kinds. People are of two kinds only. People are of two kinds only. Number one, mubtalan, those who are being tested. So those who are in sin are in mubtala in sin. He's involved in a sin. Mubtala, he's tested. You heard the beautiful recitation yesterday, mashallah, Surah Tawbah. 
Malana did an amazing and you could see this is why we talked about yesterday listen to the Quran from those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase all of us in our fear of Allah azza wa jal but you could feel that because those, those verses where Allah azza wa jal's anger is coming out why do you sit clinging to the ground and not go out in the path of Allah that's what Allah is getting upset in those verses of Surah Tawbah and, what, and then they say these munafiqeen they come and say oh uh, do, please do not put us into fitna by, going, by pushing us to exhorting us to go out Please, if we go out, we're going to fall into fitna. Allah says, Allah fil fitnati saqatu. Please, you have already fallen into fitna. The fact that you did not participate in the battle, you didn't go out in tabuk with the sahaba, khalas, you're done. You're talking about falling into fitna later on, you're already in fitna. So people who are in sin are in fitna. So there's only people are of two types. One who are sinning, and hence are in fitna. And the other one is mu'afan. Those who have been protected and who are enjoying ease. There's only two options. Either you are currently going through problems and sin, or you've been saved from it. So what should you do? Show mercy to those who've been afflicted or in sin. And praise Allah for the ease that you are, that you are not sinning right now. SubhanAllah. Got it? Thank Allah for the fact that He saved you from sin. And show mercy to those who have unfortunately been tested and fallen into the sin. May Allah protect us. Allahu Akbar. So inshallah, let's do some dhikr and then head downstairs for iftar and dua. We have a few minutes only. Let's come close together and with full focus and concentration, let's take Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sallallahu ala Muhammad 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 Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sallallahu على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم استغفر الله 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 
so inshallah tomorrow evening for those who are listening online tomorrow there will be a special program for sisters from 5.30 till Maghrib and then from Maghrib till, till dinner and then till Isha there's a program for older women there's a program for younger girls and boys and then there's a program for high school and college females so since this is spring break, I request all the brothers who are listening, the sisters listening, please make sure your daughters are here. It's going to be a great program, 5.30 all the way to Aisha. They have a special snack bar, uh, what you call this, boba, boba drink bar and snack table and mashallah, all these other things that the girls here are doing uh, for our uh, visiting students. So please make sure we, uh, we bring our daughters, inshallah, uh, tomorrow for the program and our wives as well for the uh, sisters program. It's going to happen tomorrow at 5.30. Inshallah, if everyone can proceed downstairs and then we'll begin the du'a.